This is the business of pleasure. I live life to enjoy it. And I don't really care what anybody has to say. I come from a family of strong women. And, you know, I mean, I just, that's what I know. Because we're scared to talk about it. That is so crazy to me. Because at the end of the day, everybody's doing it. People need to stop being so hush-hush about everything right. and so shy about everything because sex is not a bad thing. Welcome to the podcast, The Business of Pleasure, presented to you by Bedroom Candy. Bedroom Candy is a sexual health and wellness company and brainchild of Grammy-winning singer, songwriter, and star of The Real Housewives of Atlanta, Miss Candy Burris. Our host and president of Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties, Nadine Thompson, takes an in-depth look at the people, products, and stories behind the nationwide home party company. New episodes are released Thursdays. Listen, learn, and enjoy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Business of Pleasure. This week, I have the fun privilege of speaking with Elsbeth Willis, better known as Ellie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ellie is um, first and foremost um, an employee at Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties and Suki LLC. And most important, she's an incredible poet. So I'm going to begin with reading Ellie's bio and getting uh, to know her, and then we'll dive right in and I'll tell you all about Miss Elsbeth Willis in a moment. So Ellie Willis is a budding new poet who grew up in Stratham, New Hampshire, but her experiences living in Scotland and Portugal have shaped her writing style. Always a writer and never a sharer, Ellie took the opportunity this year to challenge herself and begin sharing her two decades worth of pen scratchings. I bet you there are more than pen scratchings, <laughs> Ellie. Ellie's body of work mostly centers around the deep-seated complexity of relationships, sexuality, and self-identity within those means. So without further ado, Elsbeth Willis. Well, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> Well, welcome to the business of pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Ellie, I have read some of your poetry and I really love it um, and really excited about being able to speak to you on the business of pleasure this week. Would love to just start off by asking you, when did you start writing? Oh, well, um, technically putting all of my words and as I do like to call them pen scratchings um, into formulated poetry. I have been writing for about, um, I'd say, 15 years oh, okay. doing that. Um, I'm 27 now. Okay, I was going to say you look no more than 17, <laughs> so you started writing when you were two. Yeah, no, I'm 27. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I, I did start writing a lot of stories when I was a kid. Um, I can't remember a time that I didn't have my nose in the books. And um, reading all of the time just made me want to try it myself. Okay. And so I just, um, yeah, started writing in terms of sharing. Um, I have not done that very much at all. Um, I've done a couple of um, beat night poetry readings, um, which are great. Um, But uh, sharing just generally is um, 
you can, as you can probably hear in my voice, I'm yes. a little nervous. Um, so I'm trying to kind of challenge myself um, because if you don't put yourself out there, you never know what you have inside. Right. Too. So um, I just wanted to kind of face my fears and start sharing more. And it's been, you know, really wonderful experience because people. Quite, quite a bit of like a it. journey. I know that when I first started public speaking, you know, I'm much different now, but a lot, a lot of anxiety went into it in the beginning. Oh, yeah. um, a lot of planning and a lot of anxiety and people used to say, just relax, it'll come. But I think that relaxation comes with a level of confidence. And mm -hmm. when you feel more confident about what you're doing, then you're able to relax a little bit more. Then it comes naturally, but it really think it's a process. Right. Absolutely. Getting from here to there. Now, I am a big lover of poetry and have a lot of poets that I really love. Who are some of your biggest influencers? So I have um, a couple of writers that I particularly adore. Um, one poet, Adrian Rich. Um, okay. She is wonderful. Um, I also am a little bit obsessed with a little known writer um, named Annie Dillard. Okay. She has an incredible style that really influenced me to look at the small things um, okay. and kind of the small things at life and break them down into tiny little minuscule aspects okay. and explore those little aspects. Okay. And in doing so, you get a much bigger picture of, you know, everything really. Okay. Um, I also love Sylvia Plath. Yes. She's, yeah, The the Bell Jar is one of the first um, books that I read uh, that really hit home um, for me. Um, and my last one, I also take a lot of influence from music. Um, I think good lyricism in music is one of just like the top. I'm beginning to look at that more now, too. Prime. I really like yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't... Um, I try to tell people I have trouble listening to things that are on the radio currently because um, there doesn't seem to be a lot of substance in that. But when I started listening to musicians outside of, um, you know, the radio stars, um, I started listening to The Shins and Modest Mouse. So James Russell Mercer, the lead singer of The Shins, is also one of my major influencers. Um, the first time I ever encountered poetry and in school, we were given an assignment to read our favorite poem, and I read one of his songs. <laughs> oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. That's great. I'm trying to think there's um, a woman, um, a poet that wrote for Beyonce's um, Lemonade yes, Project. I love her a work young, as well. Yeah, a young black woman. I'm trying to remember her name, but I'll look it up while we're talking. I just thought her stuff was so great, and actually it has influenced me and it, or inspired me to create a line of products that I've been creating in my head around it. That's awesome. Um, some fragrances and candles around that. I just loved her work. Yeah, um, but I'll try and remember it as we, um, as we talk um, and see if we can go from, you know, bring it up later. Mm -hmm. How would you describe your writing style? Well, um, <clears throat> it varies. I, I, like to be exper experimental. Okay. Um, but generally speaking, when I'm writing something, I um, I try to imitate that style I was talking about with Annie Dillard. I, I try to break things, experiences down um, 
things that I see, uh, things that I even, you know, smell or hear. Okay. I like to break everything down and see what in that scene was especially striking to me. Okay. And then it's almost like an, it's an act of self-exploration every time I sit down and write. Um, what stands out, what, um, what memories have made a lasting inf- influence and then I play with that influence and how it kind of just, it just comes out in, in okay. words. <laughs> and so, awesome. It's hard to say. It's uh, hard to analyze It's a process for you, yeah. But it yeah. seems like it's a process for you that a lot of stuff goes into that. Um, so why don't we start with you sharing one of your poems? Sure. I know we have a few here that we talked about sharing on the podcast today. Is there one that you'd like to start with? Um, sure. I'll start with um, a poem called Smoke Ache. Okay. Um, that's just a nice... Nice light poem to start off. Okay, great. Smoke ache. Follow me down this path of crushed almond. My peppered steps two by two to you, to you. Breathe me in a seeping stolen eye flash of wildfire. Inflaming those lungs filled with mung dung and incessant smoke ache. Sip me slight, for there's not much left. Draught after endless draught, a barren cursed little trough of sun drops Horace forgot. I like that. So tell Thank me you. who's Horace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Horace is actually in reference to the Egyptian sun god. Okay. Um, yeah, he is the one that uh, brought the sun up in the day and defeated the night. Oh, I love that. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. And what is the intention of this poem uh, in regards to Horace? So essentially, this poem was a reflection to me. I was thinking about um, when you're in a relationship and you're just drawn to that person and you want to fill yourself with that person and you want to just, you know, Fill yourself, have them be filled with you uh-huh. um, and just be everything together at once. Okay. And that's kind of how I always saw, um, I guess, my efforts in relationships. And sometimes it can be very draining right. um, to always be, you know, giving yourself a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be lovely if it's reciprocated. Yes, very. <laughs> um, not always the case. <laughs> that's okay. Um so uh, it's it starts with kind of being kind of a classic love poem of just, you know, follow me down this path. Like, let's take this journey together. Okay. Um, and then, you know, you're imbibing each other. You're filling yourself up with each other. And then towards the end, you realize maybe um, you gave a little too much. And it's hard to stop someone from continuing to take that from you. It's- and so I kind of see that. Um, I brought Horace into it because it's a really beautiful, um, beautiful analogy of the battle of night and day, um, kind of the duality of being yourself, but being with another person at the same time and where you find that balance. Um, and if you can find that balance, like Godspeed. But right. I've, in my past, I haven't been 
so good about that. <laughs> all part of the journey. Working on it. We're growing. We're yes, growing. All part of the journey. <laughs> I am someone that, um, you know, I'm very keen to senses and I love flavor and I love fragrance. Mm-hmm. And when I read Smoke Ache, um, you know, the word smoke, ache, I loved it because smoke can be achy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I wanted to ask you about was this path of crushed almond that you talk about. Yeah. What did that mean to you? Um, at Well, um, at the time, I um, was in a relationship with mm-hmm. someone that I very much cared about. In fact, all of these poems are um, in regards to that relationship. Um, and um, it the crushed almond was how he smelled when he got out of the shower. Oh! So, <laughs> yeah, um, that's, that's the smell that I attributed to him. Um, and so... <laughs> So I, like I line. That. So I like in the that. poem, I line my path with crushed almonds. So with every step, I'm getting closer to him. I can smell him with every step. So it's wow, little aromatherapy there. A little bit, yeah. Okay, yep. all right. Mm-hmm. And the last question, just as we, you know, we're talking about the business of pleasure. We're talking about pleasure. How do you prefer? Do you prefer to write about love and sexuality? <clears throat> well, I found that I can't quite avoid it in my poetry. Um, A lot of my work um, does center around um, expression, um, becoming yourself and what that means and how you do that surrounded by other people um, and how to not lose yourself in relationships and in sexuality. Um, I find it fascinating the power conversation when you talk about sexuality and sexual relationships, I find um, that to be a really fascinating thing to kind of observe from a mm-hmm. third party person. So when I'm, you know, thinking about my own uh, relationships or when I'm in my own relationships or see other people's relationships, I, I just find it incredibly intriguing how the power shifts depending mm-hmm. on the people, depending on the environment, depending yeah. on the situation, depending on the time, could be the time of day, could be anything, but it's constantly shifting back and forth. And I kind of see that expressed most poignantly in, in sex and in love. And right. I, you know, it's not all that I write about, but, um, it does come through quite a bit in your poetry. It's yeah. reflective of pretty much all aspects of life you can right. you can it's hard it to get speech. away from it mm-hmm. take us on another journey okay so i will be happy to read um the light okay um <clears throat> this is the light The light from your freshly rolled cigarette, tip-timid in the dark space between dream and lull. A small, sacred place, like the sacrum cave turned ashtray as the light dips southward. Your hands steady sink, our breath a wine-blotted stink from the prior night's plight. Because this is a morning sort of thing. 
a morning of other souls not blessed with our filth-filled fight of flame lick and fire limbs. Oh, that light that seeps through the door creaks when dawn whispers and lovers whimper where a stitch of time spans beyond the sting of a slap or the last gasping grapple before blissfully blinding light. Wow, I love that one. Love it. Thank you. Tell me about the light. Oh, well, <clears throat> the light. Um, to me, um, this this poem is kind of a combination of different um, themes that I've always picked up on. Um, again, it's playing with power, the light from your freshly rolled cigarette. Mm -hmm. uh, tip timid in the dark space is... Um, what I was envisioning, and again, this comes back to just seeing the small things, is the man that I was with. Um, I saw him just putting his rolled cigarette down into an ashtray. And um, it made me think of what if we made our like curved backs in our in our sexual play is was that ashtray, that sacrum cave. And um this the, the light is basically um i don't want to say the light at the end of the tunnel that's a terrible way no, to describe but I get it. it but it's like we i i think there's this um this commonality of of saying that uh sexuality is dark and devious and mm -hmm. that um it's it's dirty and it's and it's and it's can be wrong and and mm -hmm. everything and i don't um I don't see it that way at all. Okay. Um, I find that reconnecting with uh, your the animal that's within you, mm -hmm. um, the animalistic nature of sexuality, um, the kind of like dipping your toes into the darkness of sexuality and dipping your toes into just expressing yourself in the way that you want to be express expressing yourself mm -hmm. and. Um, I think the light is when you finally recognize that you don't have to see sexuality in the way it's been painted your whole life. You mm -hmm. can explore it um, in your own way and you can light your own way through it. Right. And um, I, I just, I put mention to, um, you know, the kind of, I touch on sort of BDSM language in here as well mm -hmm. um, in terms of, you know, pairing lovers whimper um, right. which spans with sting of a slap um, in this particular relationship with this person which again all these poems are about he wouldn't mind we're still great friends um, <laughs> um, he uh, I explored um, BDSM with this with this gentleman and um, I had always had desires but I had just blocked them out okay. you know I was raised in a home that wasn't right. something we ever talk about and right. so a lot of these are you know my exploration of that kind of sexuality which was brand new and exciting and very different and it taught me so much about myself and you know about just humans and, and sex and pleasure and about saying yes even if people we're right. telling you that you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong thing. But yeah, one of the things that came up for me um, listening to you read it, the words, the lightness of being came to mind for mm -hmm. me. 
but not in the traditional sense, more in the sense that when you're having this positive, uplifting sexual relationship, that it could, when it's positive, it can be very light. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's this light in the sense of, as opposed to dark, as opposed to weight, sort of this light, like from the cigarette, I think of this light um, that can kind of envelop your body, this positivity of lightness, that came to mind, a very positive um, thought, especially when you said tip timid in that dark space. You know, I started thinking of... um, um, between dream and lull. It's that light that, you know, you really, the words really evoke that sense of light, mm-hmm. you know, in what could be a very dark space. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I really liked it. Any well, other thoughts you. on it? Um, t- uh, no, I okay. have one that we can move on to if okay, you'd like. Okay, great. That's, yeah. um, that's also similar. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, this one is called Stacking Doors. Okay. And um, this one has actually recently been published. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. Um, And uh, my idea, ideally, I would like to have all of these published. I'm working on putting my collection and pieces together. And then maybe we can have it at Bedroom Candy. (laughs) Yeah, that would be awesome. Awesome. Um, So this one's called Stacking Doors. Okay. I remember your flat like an opium den, Mm -hmm. the light always lurking because it knew it's unwelcome. I remember your tiny kitchen, always untidy. I remember the smell of stale smoke and burners slick with oil. I remember the silent witch next door casting spells into our moans. I remember how you ripped me open and licked the wounds because you never wanted to hurt me but show me the rawness of being. The disproportionate destruction in breath, cartwheeling towards its end and then beginning again. As if nothing was very, very wrong in this world. As if beyond the stacks of doors you hid your demons behind, there wasn't a hellish strength of being. Wow. I think this one's my favorite. I really, really like it. Thank you. Tell me about the hellish strength of being and how it applies. How does it apply to sexuality? Well, um, again, I think it again goes back to discovering in yourself what you want, Mm -hmm. regardless of if people tell you that that's, you know, maybe you shouldn't want that (laughs) or you're a little odd if you want that, especially when it comes to sexuality. I think we're so closed-mouthed about it. I mean, we're not, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, just as a society, we we don't speak about how to, you know, pleasure yourself, how to find something, you know, within you Mm -hmm. that brings out that, you know, self-love that I fear currently is you know wrapped up in what you get from other people the love you get from other people Mm -hmm. it's um the hellish strength of being is accepting who you are um regardless right no matter how many bad things you want to hide in your closet how many 
things like it is hard to admit to yourself what you want, what you like and what you need. Right. And it's even harder to try to explain that to another person. Right. Especially if going in, you're not quite sure. So what I wanted to show in this poem in particular was that you don't, you know, you don't have to um, try to box yourself in Mm -hmm. to something that you think would be acceptable if it's something you want. Something we want. What I always find um, powerful in poetry is hearing the poem and then hearing the poet's description of the poem mm-hmm. and then hearing it again okay. to see if I, you know, we pick up those notes. Would you mind reading it again? Sure, I can okay. read it again. I remember your flat like an opium den. The light always lurking because it knew it's unwelcome. I remember your tiny kitchen, always untidy. I remember the smell of stale smoke and burners slick with oil. I remember the silent witch next door, casting spells into our moans. I remember how you ripped me open and licked the wounds because you never wanted to hurt me but show me the rawness of being. The disproportionate destruction in breath, cartwheeling towards its end and then beginning again, as if nothing was very, very wrong in this world, as if beyond the stacks of doors you hid your demon behind, there wasn't a hellish strength of being. Wonderful, very powerful. And the other thing that, you know, I wanted you to read it again because it kind of took me on this journey. There's a lot of things lurking behind mm-hmm. in this poem. Um, tell me about the silent witch next door. Was that really a person <laughs> that had a grumpy old face that you saw every time you went to visit? Or No, it was actually a witch next door. It was a... <laughs> It was a practicing, um, it was a practicing Wiccan. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. She lived next door. She was lovely. Um, but uh, um, his his flat um, that I was in um, okay. was this, um, it was actually quite funny because he, he mentioned it as his, it was his sacred space, okay. his apartment, okay. his flat. And when you entered into the flat, you opened the front door. Uh-huh. And then it led into this hall, this little foyer, which had doors on every side. So you go into this, this small little tiny space and there's doors everywhere. So you have to open like four doors to get into this place, which is why I called it stacking doors. Okay. Um, because it was just a picture of he really tried to maintain um, his privacy. He was, you know, he's very stoic, but he also physically behind so many doors. And right. He told me that there was, you know, there was a, a Wiccan living next door and we had a couple of conversations, but um, we knew that his bedroom was coincided with very thin walls next to her room. So we just imagined that, that she, she would, would be. Yeah. <laughs> a little scary, used, the witch next door. No, or like, yeah. you know, it could be she was utilizing our sexual energy and whatever she wanted to right. do in terms of 
I'm not I'm not a Wiccan, but um, <laughs> I and I don't think she was casting. Right. It's, it's just kind of interesting. But, you know, I think about, again, this theme in your poetry of light. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. In every poem, there's this theme to me of light, that light always lurking because it knew it's unwelcome. You mm-hmm. know, there's always light trying to come into these spaces. And I, yeah. I think it's interesting. And, and when I think about it and I look at you reading it, you seem to represent that beautiful light, oh, you know, that you. you're bringing this lightness into this relationship. And mm-hmm. I think... Again, that's very powerful and but and very sexy. Mm. And I also like the words rawness of being. Yeah. Because I think when you're in a sexual relationship, you do, you are raw. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've got bo- body slapping body, skin yep. touching skin, there's a rawness of it. And I just love the way you use the words, but show me the rawness of being, mm-hmm. the, dispro- the disproportionate destruction in breath. I just, I love that. I Thank love <laughs> the way you use language and it really brings up a lot. I mean, sometimes I have to look away from you to kind of really allow myself to hear the words, but um, you bring such light into the world, Ellie, oh, and I think that's that's, that's really wonderful. Yeah. And so I know we have one final one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Tell us mean. about Tourmaline Beginnings this time before you read it. Before I read it, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, this poem in particular um, was my self questioning. Um, uh, uh, after this relationship um, with my partner where we exper- um, experienced together um, BDSM, we, um, after it, I, you know, I had these, I had the mo- I felt the most empowered I had ever felt mm-hmm. um, being in a BDSM relationship um, with him. I'm not saying I, you know, right. would do it with anyone. It's, but right. with him in particular, um, I allowed myself to explore. I think he he brought out the truth within myself that um, I wasn't allowing myself to speak. Okay. Um, and he made me feel like it was okay to be who I was. So this poem is dedicated just to him. Okay. And um, and also just how we explored um, that together. How we brought in. Um, you know, uh, BDSM to a very loving and, you know, wonderful relationship. Okay, great. Let's hear it. Tourmaline beginnings. I bit and sucked your tourmaline blood, seeping deeply within the fallen pretenses and hallowed expectations. Infused, bemused, following the slightly confused but clarity of edge. The tangibility of the desperate curve of your backhanded, simply wondrous pain that I lapped up fervently. I've never had such fire, such licking flames of succulent virgin lands plundered rightly so and so, you. With your tainted gaze ever searching for something to tear and rip and delve into, I will be your well, wishers never suited me as such. I find beneath their burning brush nothing but mundane ash. And so, you, with your deeply embered call to remember that what we are and what we make and respect and destroy 
and rebuilds, is life disguised as death. And so I indulge in the nighttime waking, the fused forsaking of all I thought I knew before, well, you. Nice. He should feel good about that. (laughs) He does. (laughs) I really, I really like your poetry. I think it's great. Thank you so much. Um, I like all of the images that come up. And like I said, I think the image of light is really, um, really powerful. I just want to ask one last question. Um, in that these poems obviously have a sexual undertone, all of them. Would you like to expand on which aspects of sexuality you find most intriguing to write about? Sure. Um, I find sexual, like I was saying before, I find the the power, I don't want to say battle, the power fluctuations okay. um, within sex and sexuality, um, within how it can be utilized to better understand yourself and better understand, you know, other people. And I like writing about it because writing and poetry is an art of, you know, is, is creative expression. And I am a firm believer that sexuality is also creative expression. It's, it's how you, you know, work with your partner. It's how you want to express your love and affection. Um, and none None of that is, you know, a, in a bad way. Like right. it's, it's all um, acceptable, even if people tell you that it's not. It's not. And um, just like my, like, just as I'm writing, and it is self exploration. I think that's definitely what needs to be more emphasized in sexuality as well. Yeah. Because um, if you don't know what you want, you don't know what to ask for. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of the poets I've interviewed. Um, at least, well, two others have talked about that, the empowerment that comes with poetry oh, yeah. writing mm-hmm. and really you're empowering women to to explore what they want, to figure out what they want, to know what they want, and then to have the courage to ask for what they want. Absolutely. And um, I think you've, you've accomplished it wonderfully, beautifully well, well thank you. in your poetry. It's been great having you on The Business of Pleasure. Thank you so I much. I want to encourage you to keep writing. I think it's just really great, great stuff. It'd be great to put together a collection for yeah. Bedroom Candy. You're cool. great. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Thank you for all the light today. Oh, thank you, Nadine. <laughs> it's I great really to have it. you. Great this has you. been another episode of The Business of Pleasure. Again, this week we had with us Miss Elsbeth Willis. And um, and we're here in New Hampshire, and she is part of the BK team, and just really love her writing. We will, with her permission, maybe uh, put up a few of these poems on the Business of Pleasure blog if you'd like to read them again. I think they're worth reading and rereading because there's so much there. So thank you again. This episode has been brought to us by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. Thank you so much, Elspeth. Thank you. Thanks. The Business of Pleasure is brought to you by Bedroom Candy Boutique Parties. To shop with us, visit us at www.bedroomcandy.com. To join our team of consultants who own their own home-based businesses, join us online and enter the code BOP2017. That will get you a 10% discount on your starter kit. Join us today.